Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Play Along Podcast, a podcast where we play through games. In the last episode, we played through the beginning of Metal Gear Solid up to the Revolver Ocelot fight. Uh, and this week, we will be going and taking on actually a flurry of bosses. A gaggle. I didn't realize there was multiple bosses in this leg, but I'm your host, Jared, and I'm here with Ben. Hello. And I'm here with Kai. Hello. Thank you for pointing at me when you said the word Ben. I just did. to try to throw me out. <laughs> I did. I pointed to Kai and I and I said Ben just to That's keep you every toes. week's a quiz. I know. Quiz chat. I know that it gives you. Oh, it's a quiz chat. It's a quiz right? chat. <laughs> I'm really upset that no one's uh, uh, responded on Twitter about quiz chat. I really need to know. Jesus. I'm telling you, I it's, more, it's uh, not a thing. I'm absolutely telling you. I need more British people to tell me. Uh, if quiz chat is really not. Anyways, in the last episode, I'm comfortable now. In the last episode, we uh, finished off with the Revolver Oslo, right? Uh, Baker is dead. <laughs> and that's his name, right? Yeah, yes. every, yeah. everyone is dead. Right. Baker is dead. Like <laughs> Everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. DARPA chief slash decoy octopus is dead. Um, yes, so after that, we head back into the armory. And the armory is a little different now. There's a bunch of enemy soldiers that have been posted up there. Uh, and now, after you Baker had died, he also gave you access to his level two card. So now there's one of the rooms you can go in there uh, and you can get the FAMAS. That's, that's a new weapon that we can get. Yes, which before that, oh, sorry. No, ahead. I was going to say, have you, have you used it yet? Uh, yes, it absolutely it, eats through bullets. It is ridiculous. Well, and it doesn't help that uh, I have to. I you hold square to shoot, and it's obviously an automatic weapon. But I I don't know if I'm aiming at the person, so ninety percent <laughs> of those bullets, I'm pretty sure, are just missing. hitting walls. Yeah, uh, but no, it just it just bleeds through bullets. Uh, but before you go in there, you now have access to Meryl's frequency, so you give Meryl a call. And she kind of explains the truth about what's going on here on this island. She tells you that this facility is owned and operated by uh, a dummy corporation of arms tech for developing Metal Gear. Mm -hmm. And that Foxhound was actually sent here to test the launching of that dummy nuke. Yeah. Um, But you are... I mean, the one thing that I kind of wish the one thing that makes me wish he was playing on an original ps4 and that we wasn't using a walkthrough mm. is because of how you get meryl's frequency oh because i don't know if we touched on this last episode but meryl's frequency baker says he forgot um mm-hmm. and he tells you it's on the back of the case and he gives and you on the back of the actual physical yeah case he gives the you game. the he gives you an optic case which is like full of metal gears um like battle data basically and i remember as a right. kid trying to equip it and pressing circle to try and use it and like getting really pissed off but there's actually a on the ps1 case there's a picture of Marilyn snake talking and you can see her frequency yeah there's a, there's a lot of like little mechanics like that in this game where if you're playing it anytime past when it's released it's kind of like doesn't it's cool in the moment you know like having to like look at your physical copy of your game and later on there's another mechanic fighting uh um fighting psychomantis but a lot of those things it's just like oh i mean that's that's cool yeah 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 
Um, more misogyny because it's Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, in the conversation with Meryl, uh, Snake talks about uh, Meryl's beautiful, compassionate eyes. Yeah. Then Meryl says, are you trying to sweep me off my feet? And Snake says, don't worry. You'll you'll be back on them once you meet me. It's just like... <sighs> yeah. Actually, I wanted to talk about it because I said about this in the Discord, but like Kai comparing yeah. it to, to films got me thinking because a certain part of this misogyny is just kind of the time the time yeah. and the studio who made it being like japanese yeah. but i did say like i wonder how much of it is kind of a commentary on the action hero spies mm. you know because like you look at bond and everyone's like oh yeah bond's so suave but really he's like quite a misogynistic womanizer like oh, when yeah. you break oh, it especially down especially like old bond too oh yeah like you look at like sean mcconnery modern like roger moore like it's a lot kind of a lot more misogynistic. So as much as I do think part of it is the time and the studio who made it and the team, I, I do wonder if part of it is supposed to be like, like a commentary on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all those things. I mean, the time games and movies and film, all those were different and how we tackle these subjects were different. Fucking <laughs> uh, <laughs> hell. It's me coughing this week, ah, so I passed my cough over to Ben. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only like difference I would say between you know Bond and, and the way that it's portrayed here is that in Bond and especially in the books, maybe not so much the older movies, his womanizing side is his flaw. And like we all like mm, flawed characters, yeah. right? So like that's Bond's weakness is women. Because, like, you know, these are obviously supposed to be, like, hyper-trained soldiers who are very, like, mission-oriented and have a regiment and have, like, a routine. And, like, that's that's the, the chink in Bond's armor is, is women in general. And here it's less like, oh, the chink in Snake's armor is not women. It just happens to be thrown in that he's, you know, very attractive to every woman. <laughs> and he every woman, every woman he meets throws. But he seems very uninterested yeah, in, in most of them. And also he... He seems to have no like exterior motives or life outside of being a soldier. Yeah, yeah. Which is very, which is it's, it's just very like, oh, this is this is me. I'm I'm the loner. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm out here killing people and doing things for the government. And I don't even really do it for that reason. I just do it because it's the only thing that I'm I know. good at or that I know. Right. Um. Which I don't know is the most compelling, you know, character trait. I don't know. Maybe we find more about that later on. But it's definitely very related. So as you're saying, you know, movies of of the 60s 70s and then even moving into the 80s that action hero genre yeah i mean and we we do we do explore snake as a character a bit more in the psycho mantis fight um right, in yeah, the cutscenes yeah. around that but yeah yeah i just i it's 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 strange yeah. a strange and this thing. is similar to uh anime as well japanese anime. i mean obviously this was developed by a japanese company um but there's a lot of anime that has a similar trope where you have a male character who seems very disinterested in all the women, but continues to flirt with them and have these interactions. And the women, for some reason, can't help themselves from flirting with this man. And they're just drawn to them because they're a woman. And that's, that's the what they're thing. supposed to do, apparently. Yeah. Um, so it tracks. I think all of those things together. Yeah. It makes sense. Definitely these kind of qualities of these things would not <laughs> hold up now if <laughs> the game came out and it had this kind of stuff in it. No, uh, definitely not. Pe- people would not be happy. I just love the idea of like two people and like 
we're on the verge of nuclear holocaust and I'm trying to save the world. And then like the main character's like, but there's time for me to flirt with you. Like you're, <laughs> you're trying to prevent probably I, I mean, the worst ca- like catastrophe of all time. Is now, is now the moment? Yeah. yeah. After. And some of the comments, I'll, I'll admit that the like the beautiful compassionate eyes isn't as bad of a comment. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's okay. And there's another one later on in that conversation where they're talking about because Meryl now has the detonation codes for uh, the Metal Gear, so for the nukes. Well, she has the and key. Snake's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has the key to to essentially stop them. And Snake is like, oh, it's amazing that you're able to keep the detonation codes oh, yeah. for the guards. And Meryl says, like, well, women have a couple more hiding places than men do. Which, like, I, I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I mean, I understand what that means. She was very clear. Yeah, I mean, it, it it makes sense because, like, there's a whole scene where she's, like, pulling ammo clips from her bra. So, I mean... I could duct tape ammo to my chest. It would be the same exactly. principle, I guess. But, yeah. you know, let's let's not get into the weeds of where <laughs> no, no. Meryl's so you, keeping her secret you, you have defeated Revolver Ocelot and you make your way through the armory back up into the tank hangar because mm. Meryl tells you that you need to meet a person called Dr. Hal Emmerich, who is the engineer mm. for Metal Gear, and he yeah. is going to tell you how to stop it should you not be able to stop it with the key cards mm. um, and he is in a separate building which you need to go through the tank hangar and into a building on the opposite side of this snow patch um, mm-hmm. and then he's in the basement of that building so you, you make your way back up and then uh, she well she opens the door for you doesn't she because she yeah, has a level so 5 access you, card yeah she tells you that there's this big cargo cargo door that you have to go through and snake He's like, oh, what level do I need? It's level five. I can't get through there. And she has a level five key card. Uh, she also warns you that inside of this kind of cargo door, there is these infrared lasers that if you trip them, then it will seal off the area and it'll put poison smoke in the room and you'll die. Uh, this happened to us many times. Many, many times. <laughs> trying to get past these infrared lasers. Did you, um, did you manage to get the SOCOM suppressor beforehand? Yes, so like right before you head into the uh, cargo door, there's a level one room to your right, and there's a garden there. If you knock out the garden, there is the SOCOM suppressor that you can grab. Which I, I feel like it came in handy. It came in handy a lot. Oh yeah, definitely like the suppressor. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But so so this this gap that you have to get through, there are lasers that move up and down continuously mm-hmm. in a in a like a vertical manner. And the idea is that if you trip one of those lasers, the room locks off and then it fills with poison gas and you die. Um, and I'm guessing you guys had a hard time of it from what you said. <laughs> well, the issue is is the perspective is weird. Mm-hmm. So there's there's kind of these lines on the floor that will indicate where the laser is going to go in front of you. Uh, and the lasers are all at various speeds. You know, some of them go up and down very slowly. Some of them go up and down quicker. But just between like the camera and the perspective you think like the 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 laser has you know cleared your head a little bit or cleared your height and you walk across it and it clearly hadn't and then you trip the you trip the wire and you get and you die essentially so what what would you use in to get through because there are a couple of aids and a couple of ways you can do this room uh yeah we have the thermal goggles okay yeah yeah and that was that was the way that we got them was just using the thermal goggles and yeah. walking very carefully and walking slowly. Yes, <laughs> yeah. That's so. There's there's two ways I kind of remember. Um, mm. The thermal goggles 
is one way. Um, I remember. I remember the other way now. I did it the OG way. I did it with the cigarettes. Ooh. Yeah, I, I was reading that if you light a cigarette, that the cigarette smoke will show the position of the lasers. Yes. Yeah, so you. But cigarettes also lower snakes' health, so you have to be careful. With yeah, yeah. So what I what I found myself doing was you uh, equip the cigarettes, and then you go into first person, and you can see the laser mm. go past your eyes. And then once it's gone past your eyes upwards, that's when you run through. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very hard, even in first person, because there are lasers behind that move faster than the others. And you're like, well, is that the laser in front of me? Or is that the laser that's one away? <laughs> behind me. Um, can you can you only see the lasers when you're in first person? Um, with the cigarette you smoke, you can, yeah. you can see them as they go up past you, but it's a lot harder to see them. Um, mm. like first person is is just a bit of an easier way yeah interesting um one thing that you need to do before kind of clearing that room is on the other side of the kind of tank room that you're in there's another level two door that you can get access to now um and in there there's a couple items there's the mind detector that you need for the next section coming up and there's a couple rations as well i did not get the mind detector ah Using the walkthrough I, I provided. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> no, I, I didn't use the... I didn't get the mind detector, no. But the thing is, you wouldn't... Yeah. I, I guess because now you have this level 2 card, you would be exploring and being like, okay, well, what can I gain access to yeah. now? Um, yeah, essentially... Uh, so after you pass through uh, the cargo door, you're out, you're in kind of a snowy area, and there's there's claymores in front of you, but you cannot see their position. And then the mind detector essentially shows the uh, the C four range and where they are on the map. Well, you don't you don't know they're there because you come out of the handout, right? Exactly, and you get a, a codec call from static oh, picture yes. called Deep Throat. <sighs> What's what the hell, Ben? What the hell? Explain to me why there's a character called Deep Throat. He has no answer. There's no answer. I wasn't on the plot. I, like, I wasn't on the character casting team back in like '98. <laughs> like I didn't. <laughs> I think it's supposed. To, I think it's supposed to be a reference to the Watergate scandal. Um, I think that's the. I think Snake makes a comment about it. Um, yeah, but but I don't know why they chose Deep Throat. I really don't. Deep Throat is the worst <laughs> code name you could possibly get. I made you Deep Throat. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> well, uh, from from all accounts, it was the name of the person who broke the watergate scandal back in the nixon administration like in the 70s i think it was and i don't know much about american history i'm not not gonna lie (laughs) we also don't know Uh, i'm not 100 percent sure i hope not but you know anything's possible either way agent deep throat comes on the line as you're exiting the uh, tank hangar to give you some information yeah agent deep throat tells you that i'm just gonna keep saying his name over and over again until it lands until we get demonetized. Uh, he tells you that there is mines scattered around you and that there is a tank coming up. Uh, he also says that he's one of Snake's biggest fans. Yeah, Deep Throat is the pseudonym given to the secret informant who provided information in 1972 in the Watergate oh. scandal. So I guess the idea is that he's he's providing secret information to you to help you defeat the terrorists. So... I guess that's the connection there because he's telling you, he tells you that up ahead is a tank and that there are claymores in the area. And so obviously that's information you wouldn't have known. So I guess the idea is that it's a play on that. I guess if I'm stretching, it doesn't make it any any better. (laughs) 
<laughs> deep throat had a different meaning back then. In, I did it in the seventies. I don't think deep throat was a was oh. a thing of like what we know now. I guess that's fair. So I don't know. Let's talk about deep throat war. That's where <laughs> the podcast is going. Uh, afterward, yes, he warns you about the mines in the tank. You can't, as Ben alluded to, you can't actually physically see the mines anywhere. If you have the mine detector, they do show up on your map. Uh, also, if you crawl, if you go into prone and you go across, if, as long as you're not in front of the claymores like range of view, if you sneak up behind them, you can grab the claymores. Well. Yeah, and you can use those claymores on the tank. Yeah, I used um, I used we the did. thermal goggles for this. <laughs> oh, oh, they show up when you use the thermal goggles. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of interesting. That was kind of lucky. Otherwise, you have to crawl all the way, <laughs> like just crawl your way right, through right. the canyon to get to the tank. Yeah. Um, so you pull up and you get kind of a little bit closer to this area, and a cutscene happens. And this is the, the the first boss in our in our run of bosses that we take on this leg. Uh, this is the M the M one Abrams tank piloted by Vulcan Raven. Yeah, it's it's the Vulcan Raven fight that you don't fight Vulcan okay. Raven. Yeah, because like he's in the tank, and you actually just fight a couple of guards before you actually get. To yeah, like... so the the idea is that um, you are facing this tank, and the 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 principle of the battle is that what you're supposed to do is the tank has like a tracking system, so you're supposed to use a right. chaff grenade to take out the electronics of the tracking system to allow you mm. to get close to it, and then the gunners will come out of the top, and you can throw grenades into the tank. Um, mm. And essentially blow up the, the gunner. You do that, I think it's two or three times, and then the boss battle yeah. is over. This is not how an easy mechanic. That? That's what I was, I was about to ask you. I was like, how did you fare uh, doing this this boss fight? So you, it, took us, yeah, it took us a while to figure time. it out. <laughs> it's weird because you have to you run alongside the tank and you hold square to cook the grenade. And then when you throw it... Mm-hmm. It's like you have to be within a certain hitbox for him to do the animation. Oh, it's, it's very specific to where you have to throw yeah, it. Cause yeah, because you can throw it on the tank. And sometimes I threw it on the tank and it landed on like the turret of the gun and it still blew up the gunner. But the idea mm. is that you get to a specific angle where you throw it into into the tank to blow the gunner up and out of the tank. Um, but it's very and the tank will move and shoot. It will shoot yeah. you, but when it runs you over, that's the fucking worst one. <laughs> well, it also there's like this like two second animation of you like laying there, and if the tank is on top of you, you won't get up obviously until the tank moves. So there's a couple times where I went close to kind of cook my grenade, and I obviously got too close and ran into the tank, and then it kind of just like rolled over me a little bit, and I had to sit there until it rolled off of me until Snake actually got up and I could continue. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's an interesting. I would say it's battle. not. Yeah, it's not too like complicated. I would just say like the mechanics make it difficult. Make it a little difficult. Yeah, aiming the grenade and and having it sometimes you know if it's near where the guard is, it'll take damage, and then other times if it's in that exact same spot, it won't. You're also consistently shifting between chaff grenades and, and regular grenades, grenades, which is yeah. not the most intuitive process. So you're like avoiding gunfire while switching between those two things, while trying to throw them into holes or just out <laughs> towards the tank. Which yeah. Is- it's it gets repetitive. It's but... it's a very strange boss fight because until the cutscene afterwards, you're like, why did I just do this? Yeah, and I have and this is my conspiracy theory for this episode of Metal Gear because after you beat Vulcan Raven, he is in his tank and he, he's in his tank and he tells his boss, "I hope you're happy. He's gotten the card, and then I'll play with him a 
little longer later, which is which is still weird. Um, well, what I'm interested. I wonder. You think? Yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, I think that obviously they're trying to get us to the end. I don't know what the final destination is for this game, but between like uh, spoilers, this Metal oh. Gear. But well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with with the DARPA chief essentially not being the DARPA chief and giving us the card. So knowingly giving us the card so we can continue. And then Vulcan Raven, I mean, he clearly wasn't defeated. Like he's still there and he's like, I'll fight you later, but still giving you a, a level three ID card for you to continue. It seems like they're the enemies in this game are pushing you in a direction mm-hmm. where snake feels like, he's like, Oh, I'm here to defeat them. I'm going to beat these guys. But it seems like the enemies they're like, yes, keep, keep going. Oh, you beat me. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah, well, I mean, That's so far we fear. have, so far we have fought two bosses. We fought Revolver Ocelot, who wasn't defeated, but lost an arm. Mm. And we fought Vulcan Raven, who wasn't defeated either. So, right. It's. But lost a tank. But yeah. <laughs> and what is really worse? <laughs> what's, what's it is, an armor it, tank. There's definitely a conspiracy there of. You know what are the true intentions of these terrorists, mm-hmm. um, and why are we not? I mean, Revolver Ocelot is a bit different because his arm got cut off and he kind of ran away, and then we had to deal with this ninja. But mm-hmm. in this situation, it's kind of like, well, you know, Snake just assumed like, oh, I guess Raven's dead. I'll take the level three ID card and go about my way. Yeah. Clearly, he was. Yeah. And then I believe the the Vulcan Raven mentioned something about us being as as good at combat as like the boss. Oh, he he has a comment too where he's like, "You were right. Uh, Snake is a real demon. Uh, he's possessed by a demon when he's in battle, or something yeah, like that." Like something remember. something very corny. Yeah. Um. So oh. th- so this comes down to something that isn't explained in the game until you finish because. The way mm. the way Foxhound works is that every agent in Foxhound is given a code name based upon yeah. like a ranking system, basically. Yeah. And so Fox is the highest one, which means you are the most elite soldier that was ever possible. Um, and then Snake is the second one. So Solid mm. Snake was the first to get that name, which is why it's such a big deal because Liquid Boss is the current... Uh, Liquid Snake is the current boss of Foxhound, of this terrorist group we're fighting. So the idea is that Liquid Boss and... Liquid Boss? Why do I keep saying that? Liquid <laughs> Liquid Snake and Solid Snake are on the same path when it comes to how well they yeah. fight. So, you know, it, it's kind of building up to like, well, you're going to come across this soldier who's as great as you are um, mm-hmm. and has the same code name as you. So... At the end of the game, what happens is you'll be ranked uh, based on oh. the number of times you die, the number of times you be de- get oh. detected, um, and you're oh, given... We're going to get, like, whatever the bottom animal <laughs> rank is. You get given a code hamster name. Hamster or whatever it is. Yeah, you get given a code name at the end of the game um, based on your performance. And Does that's... that play into the games going forward? Uh, no. No, not like, like a Mass Effect kind of, kind of deal? No, no, because the game's going be forward... Cool. Um, well, I know that like the timeline is all like all over the place too. Like you play yeah. different parts in this Metal Gear uh, timeline going forward with all the different. Yeah, games. yeah. So it doesn't uh, really. That's not another feature that comes along, uh, which is a shame because yeah. it would have been nice. But it doesn't. It wouldn't have fit into the the themes of each of the sequential games. Yeah, I mean, even though I, I won't lie, even though this game story seems hella confusing, 
even after like playing this leg, I was I'm like hooked. I want to know more. <laughs> I'm like the the Metal Gear Solid two and three are backwards compatible on the Xbox One. And I was like, you know what? I just might I might just play every Metal Gear game. Pull the trigger. <laughs> pull the pull the trigger. This this game's uh, is strange because it's like there's this really tight knit plot that's kind of being tied right. up as you're playing, but little bits are being unraveled, and you're like, well, hang on, wait, why are the terrorists letting us carry on? Like, you know, what is Naomi not telling us? And then eventually you get to a point, and eventually you get to a point in the game where it's just somebody yanks that thread, and it all just fucking comes down, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> See, those are the best parts, though, when it all comes together, and you're like, oh. Yeah, it does happen eventually, I do dogs. promise you. It does. Okay. It's all it's all down to Deep Throat. It's all... <laughs> He's the actual main character yeah, of this yeah. game. It's Deep Throat. It's going to come through. I hope you play as Deep Throat in one of the Metal Gear games. I hope you don't. Uh, yes, you beat Vulcan Raven. Uh, and actually, before you continue, you can actually head back into the armory. And now that you have, uh, uh, I think, level three access, you can actually get the missile launcher and some missile ammo that's up Ooh. on the second floor of the of the armory. Yep. Okay. Okay. I was like, does, is that? Is that I mean, does, does I make that up? Is that not real? <laughs> I've I've never done that. I, I get mine from the nuclear storage facility. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. Um. I don't. I can't imagine it comes that much in handy before. Like, there's a very it, specific moment in the yes. game where you have to use it. Yeah. And yeah. It's provided to you, so like, I don't. Other know, there's that, no real benefit. No, I wouldn't it. say so, so. It's not very intuitive to no. use either. No, it's not. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, after you beat Vulcan Raven, you continue forward and you're at the nuclear warhead storage building. Um, the most BS you, building in this entire yeah, fucking game. It doesn't make any sense. Campbell and Naomi call you and they tell you like, hey, there's a bunch of crates in here. There's a bunch of uh, warheads, nuclear warheads. And so going forward, you can't use your weapons. Just letting you know, you can't shoot anything. On that specific but, floor? Yes, on the specific floor. But for some reason... If you're in there, there's enemies in there. If you get detected by enemies, they can, they can shoot you. Yeah, they shoot back. They don't care. They are not about concerned about <laughs> no. nuclear war blowing themselves up. No, it doesn't make any sense it's... why they get to use guns that we can't. It, it's strange because the idea. So the the idea in the in the the backstory is that when Naomi gave you the shots to help you not get hyperthermia, being in Alaska and stuff, she also put neurotransmitters into solid snake in that shot and the idea oh that's right the idea is that those transmitters will allow campbell and everyone else back at control to see where snake is and to be able to you know see what his vital signs are and see how he's doing but it turns out that naomi is able to use these neurotransmitters to lock you off from your weapons so you try to use them and you physically can't um which is Wild. which is a bit weird when you think about it, you know. You this this these people have control over what you can and can't do. Um so yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild. But yeah, so you uh, if you get detected, this is the only place so far I've got detected. My one detection was here and my one death. We've gotten we've got detected and died so many times. <laughs> if you get caught in here, um oh, it so locks nice. off there's more poison gas because all the guys in here are wearing hazmat suits and they've all got gas masks right. um and like the alarms are blaring you can't shoot you're being shot at there's gas it's a bad time it, it really is and it, it it begs the question like i mean i guess the gas makes sense and like your o2 meter comes up and you eventually run out of oxygen if you 
not killed by the soldiers, but it's like the facility is locked down. Like once that happens, you're, there's no there's no getting out of that situation. No. It's not like oh, I can find like a way to get out or like if you trip the lasers, the room shuts. Oh yeah, but it still gives you like. 30 seconds or so to run around before you lose oxygen. Yeah. But there's no, like, there's no escaping those situations. You have to find your peace. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. You have that, you have those times to really think you about You have that OC meter to be like, wow, maybe I shouldn't hit these lasers. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. And then you have another 30 seconds of uh, the death screen and the game oh, over yeah. screen. So, yeah. Well, the game over screen alone. Yes, yeah. Jesus. Half this game. I understand you've only died once, but we've died a thousand times and had to sit through that same animation mm, it's wild because they they change don't they sometimes you get campbell sometimes you get mei ling like it's a mm-hmm. oh yeah like them yeah. screaming they're screaming like, yeah that's right that's which is interesting because only we could hear it but we're dead so you wouldn't be able to hear it <laughs> if a snake dies in the nuclear <laughs> storage facility <laughs> and there's no one there to hear it who is it did it really did happen? it really die clearly not because we come back yeah clearly Wow, answering the biggest philosophical question. There, I have so many podcast. questions about how his ear thing works. It's I cannot answer a single one of them. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> like how? Like the, like the actual technology behind it? No, because there's like a there's a scene with Meryl. I don't remember specifically what was happening, but she can like. I mean, I understand she has one too. Apparently, which is because she has her own frequency. But like, she can hear the conversation. But also, we're talking, but we're supposed to be quiet. And it's like what. Oh, I think it was, it's later on, and this is necessarily a spoiler, but when we find uh, Hal Emmerich, mm-hmm. we were talking to Meryl on our, he- on our on our codec, and he, like, responded oh, yes. to something. She, she responds to something he says, and I'm like, or vice versa, how, would, how would she have heard that she's on a codec, and she, like... Like, Bluetooth can you, like, sync codec? Because, like, it, apparently it's implanted in our head, mm-hmm. so that's why she can hear us, but other people talking you shouldn't be able to hear, unless well, it's, like, I th- vibrating in our head. Yeah, well, this is what I, I, I don't understand. You know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how, like, she can hear other people, I guess, because there's nothing to... This is what I was saying before about, like, you know, if you're just talking out loud, you're literally in a room... And he always takes that position where he takes a knee and puts his finger to his ear. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, it's just a weird piece of technology, man. I can't explain it away. I really can't. Also, so. have you used the boxes yet? Oh, the boxes are brilliant. <laughs> we, we actually use the boxes in the we, section. I, yeah, yeah I, I, I use the boxes them. in the section for the first time. It was the first time I had uh, dabbled in the boxes. I don't know why there's two different boxes still. Is that going to be a larger one or is a smaller one? It's, it's a different... Um, shipping route <laughs> it's genuinely there's like a certain area where if you use the wrong cardboard box the guards are like what why is this one here because there's 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 one for like, cool. there's one for the storage facility and then there's one for a separate bit further on um, guys why is there an amazon package <laughs> here? What? who put this here this here um but okay. yeah they will i think that's cool that's cool i mechanic. think they can actually kick the box off of you and then snakes just underneath in a crouching position. Oh, oh, they do. Yeah, it we got caught. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, a couple times because of that. Yeah, they're ruthless. And uh, uh, just as a little tidbit before we go on to onto the basement, Finn, in Metal Gear Solid Five, there's also cardboard so boxes, <laughs> and the cardboard boxes in that game are a little bit different because the cardboard boxes can be when you lay down, you can make it look as if it's like a bush. Or you can stand oh, it up. Seen, you can stand I've it upright this. so it looks like a woman. Yeah, it's like a woman, and like the guards would be like, "Oh, hi, 
five will be. <laughs> but oh, you can, so you know, it did. Twenty years still beside. Yeah, <laughs> but you can um, in Metal Gear Solid Five, you can pop out the top of the box, so they can come over oh, towards you. You can pop out of the top, shoot them with a trank gun, and then carry the body away. So it, it is kind of a trope that does carry on through the through the series. Is this the uh, Phantom Pain? Yes. Yes. Mm. Cardboard boxes of misogyny sticking Uh. to their roots. (laughs) Uh, Well, you make your way to the elevator. Yes. Once you've snuck past the 800 guards, gas, and locking doors. uh, (laughs) And then you make your way to the basement, where we have been told that Emmerich, uh, the designer of Metal Gear, is located. But there's actually some things before that. Which is the uh, the missile launcher <laughs> test. Yeah, so you, you get to the basement floor and then you go through a room and the uh, this little area fills with poison gas. Um, and then a little cutscene happens showing you kind of this... Oh, the b- b- before that, you see that the hallway in front of you has not only poison gas around you, but electric flooring too. The floors have electricity running through them. And there's uh, this high voltage switch that you have to destroy. But obviously you can't progress because the floor, floors are electrified 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 well, yeah this, electrified. this box is like down a corridor to the right and then down oh, another it's like in like a couple just... rooms down yeah so what you're supposed to do is use the missile launcher which as you shoot the missile launcher you have control over the little missile itself and you have to guide the missile through these hallways through these different rooms and doors to get to the high voltage switch destroy give you access to the rest yeah. of this room so um, i'm guessing my experience with this was a bit different because i had to go up to the first floor to get the nikita missile yes it's in one of the rooms um, on the first floor yeah because yeah, yeah. we we had it at this point because we got it from the armory beforehand um, how did you fare with the missiles poorly it's so hard to control yeah. so with it i it, tried i tried i think times and i was like i'm giving up here you go Jerry. you enjoy you enjoy this little test what, of uh, button pressing skill first of all i didn't know and i as i was writing the show notes and kind of looking some stuff up this morning i found out that when you're shooting the missile you can go into first person which makes it much easier so much to easier. Use, use the missile which we did not know you can go into first person. yes and it makes it extremely easy yeah you see the missile from you see it from the front of the missile's perspective and you can literally see exactly how close to the wall you are and it makes it so much easier because we should say throughout this maze there are also cameras with machine guns attached to them that will shoot the missile because it, it kind yeah, of if you get caught it shoots the missile. Yeah, it starts to go and then it speeds up if you stay in the same direction for like a second or two and it right. kind of like boosts. Um, so if you're trying to move and move and move and move, you move very slowly and the cameras will shoot you. But first person makes this so much easier. And again, I can't defend it because it's not something that's explained at all in the game. <laughs> I think that's where Kai's going. Literally all they had to do. There are so many characters that have access to our code. Deep Throat could have told us that. Deep Throat. Deep Throat could have came through and been like, hey, buddy, by the way. Well, uh, he actually tells you, know, you it's he, electrocuted. That's what I was going to say. He comes right I, before this room. He calls you and he's like, hey, that floor that you can clearly visibly see is electrified. So just be careful. Also, also maybe press R2. So, you know, go into the first person. I don't know what the button is. Triangle. It's, it's triangle, of course. It's triangle. <laughs> oh, actually, that makes sense. That is the button to go into first person. So at least they got that right. But look, press triangle and you can be the missile. Like, oh, <laughs> you can be the missile. <laughs> you can be the missile. That would have been helpful. No one tells you. The information that's given to you in this game is so, like, above my level of understanding. And then the things that they should give you 
they just are like, no, you have to fit, figure this out for yourself, which is such such an old like old school video game like way of doing things to have no explanation. Like I feel like there's a lot of games in this generation that they're just like, I'll figure it out. Yeah, right? I mean, Ocarina was the same. You know, in, in yeah, Ocarina, Ocarina it was the side quests. In Metal Gear, it's the nuances of first person. Like, yes. uh, and my method to this, because obviously, again, we didn't use the first person, was to continuously move the missile because like ben said if you don't move in a certain direction for too long or if you stop moving then it will it'll increase its speed so if you're continuously moving you slow down so it's like oh to control this better better i'll just move the little missile around but that also slows you down and when i got into the room with all the turrets i died yep so there's a lot of uh trial and error here yeah but eventually you make your way or the missile makes its way into the room across this building to destroy the high voltage switch pretty much a big view yeah that's what you're doing with obstacles yes uh which gives you access to the rest of this room yes um and as you continue to go down this hallway there's a couple doors on your right i think one of them has some rations in it uh one of the doors has a level four access which we can't get into currently and then the other one has, I'm trying to remember... That's the gas mask. It's uh, the gas mask. the mask gas. The mask gas. It's literally the only word in that sentence that's important. Go through uh, one of the doors to find the gas mask. But it's fine. That's not the point. Also, problem number 812 of this game. <laughs> uh, gas mask does not make you immune to poison gas, but just lessens the amount of, you know, death that you are experiencing. Well, and it's it also- makes the bar go down a little slower. I don't think you lose any health. You lose any oxygen. Guess you, guess you, you do. You lose. Do. You lose a little okay. oxygen, but it is. Slowly. It is. It feels a lot slower. Yeah. Um, uh, my my concern was more that you have the gas mask on, but apparently, while you're wearing a gas mask, you can't just pull out your ID card to open doors. So you have to take off your gas mask to use your ID card. Yeah, yeah. it's like a it's a menu flaw from the fact you can only have one item equipped right. each time. Um, However, I will say, positive of the gas mask is that they programmed the fact that when you're wearing the gas mask and you go into first person, it looks like you're looking through a mask, that, no, that's which really was cool. a good detail. They could have not done that. Yeah, there's even breathing. They, they, like, if you listen, you can even hear yeah, the like breathing the, through the gas mask. Darth Vader noises. Yes. Yeah, insert, Darth Vader. insert here. Um, you continue down this hallway and you kind of take a right. There is a camera at the end of this corridor. So you kind of have to sneak past it to get through uh, one of the doors there. It has a level three uh, access, I believe. Um, and as you go through there, the gas dispenses, allows allowing Snake to breathe clearly, mm-hmm. go through a couple more rooms, and then you're met with a cutscene. There's this long hallway, and then this this hallway is just riddled with dead soldiers. An absolute <laughs> massacre. There's like sword slashes everywhere. And uh, there's like, because as you go into the first room, so as you go into the last room before you enter this mm-hmm. hallway, you can hear the sound of a sword being swung and like enemy soldiers screaming. And there's this weird, like, I don't even know how you would describe that background music. Like, I it's it's just eerie, it's electronic ominous, eerie, music. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that kind of foreshadows that some shit's about to go down. And down oh. shit went because <laughs> yes, it did. this boss fight was probably one of the hardest that I've done so far. Um, 
Also, before you do that, uh, as you're walking through this hallway, one of the soldiers will peer around the corner and he'll say, some ghost has done this to all of them. And as you turn the corner, there is one of the soldiers lifted into the air, stabbed with a sword, and then the figure is the cyborg ninja that we had seen previously in the Revolver Ocelot fight. <laughs> cyborg ninja. That's what it says. I, I know. Name. Cyborg ninja's funny. Uh, and then he runs into the next room and you head in there. Did you... And again... What? No, as I say, did you notice that um, on on the radar, because the whole time this is happening before you see the ninja, the radar's jammed. Mm-hmm. And then the ninja enters the room and the radar clears up. Oh, on a radar. And oh, the soldier is a red dot on the floor while he's still alive. And then after the fight with the ninja, you come out and that red dot's no longer there because the soldier has now basically bled to death and Deep died. Octopus. <laughs> No, no, just death. Just really it's, it's death. just no, it's just that's him. It's just a little note of like, oh, this guy was alive and now he's dead. No, Ben's lying. It's decoy octopus. Decoy <laughs> octopus is already dead. We watched him die. Or did we? Or did we? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you, you meet you play hide and seek. You meet the most annoying character in my opinion. I which think is, Emric is which great. Is Emric, oh, of course, Otacon. <laughs> Yeah, he's out of God. Yeah, you head in there, and uh, the cyborg ninja is essentially interrogating Emmerich. Emmerich's on the floor. And, no, he's uh, not. Cyborg Ni- what? He's not interrogating Emmerich. No, he's just like he's like he's no, where's my friend? Like, tell me where my friend is. And yeah. He's like walking towards him. And he's on the floor. Yeah, so but it's it's that the whole idea is that he knew he knew Snake was going to come for Emmerich, so he has right. come to Emmerich so that he can meet Snake. Yes. Yes. He's not. Uh, I just meant he's not trying to like. He's not trying to get information about. No, it's not getting information. No, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Causing him a hard time, and Emmerich pees himself. Yep. Okay. We wonder why we have a generation of people who didn't want to go into STEM, like because in every media portrayal, the scientist is always like some nerdy asshole who pees himself in moments (laughs) of like necessary, like where you need courage, like no. Emmerich is a sad shell of a human being. The dude designed Metal Gear. He's yeah. like a genius. He's brilliant. And later we learn that generations of his family have been doing this. His father and grandfather were both brilliant men as well. And yet he's just like a shriveling little bitch who's just like... <laughs> yeah, so you you enter the room and the ninja is approaching Emmerich. And then Emmerich's like, not another one. And ninja turns, <laughs> ninja turns around and he's like, "Ah, oh, snake!" And then you have this fight. Now I'm curious: yeah. was you reading the walkthrough when you started this fight? Because this is the one uh, fight you cannot use a gun in this fight. Yes, I, I wasn't, but there is a, there's a comment that I want to point out before this that I thought was hilarious because uh, Emmerich sees sees the cyborg ninja turn towards Snake, and they're both having this conversation, and and then locks himself into a locker yeah oh yeah emmerich says he he described he compares the the cyber ninja and snake fight to one of his japanese animes this is like one of my japanese animes (laughs) and then closes himself into a locker and i'm just like what are you doing what was the point of that comment i thought that was great have you not noticed like this is this is like a trope with a lot of japanese games that they're very pro japan (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i noticed this so I'm, I'm played a game recently called root film it's like a visual novel and it's set uh-huh. in a place called shinami in japan and 
it's like a brochure to go and visit this place. They're like the elegant, <laughs> they're like the elegant Matsui Castle, which sits on the cliff overlooking the ocean. And you're like, oh man, that sounds dope. I want to go. But they're all very like, I kind of want to go to Japan now. They're all very pro Japan. They like, you know, this is because a lot of Japanese games are set in Japanese places to bring tourism yeah. there. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if this is kind of like Kojima's way of being like, yeah, we got anime. Um, and that's about yeah. it. <laughs> not, not, not any of that Japan, Chinese anime. Japan's <laughs> approach is uh, the exact opposite of Alaska's approach, which is ironic that this, like, <laughs> Canada, we've played so many games that take place, like indie games oh, that take place Alaska in Canada and Alaska. Alaska. And it's always like, you're freezing and starving to death because your plane crashed, or you're like <laughs> trying to escape bear attacks. And Japan's like, Look at our scenic rivers and our beautiful architecture. This game was paid by the Japanese Tourism Board. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, well, but yeah, that actually sounds nice. I think I think it's just supposed to be an, a nod to um, to Japanese culture, I guess. Because back in yeah, the '90s, I, I mean, anime wasn't the the conglomerate that it is now. Right, right. They had to. They had to. Well, it was strange. People. That was the that was the thing that threw me. Is it was like I've never really heard it specified as japanese anime like yeah. my entire life it's always just been like oh it's anime, anime. right but anime is from things. japan and right. it's based on like obviously manga but like it was so weird to hear like someone who's supposed to be like the nerd character be like this is like one of my japanese animes like i was just like <laughs> well, oh, and it's, okay. it's even weirder too because <clears throat> after this boss fight um emmerich talks about how the reason why he wanted to get into developing metal gear and doing things like that is because he wanted to create like the mechs. big mechs yeah from, from anime, from anime. yeah which is really cool yeah oh yeah like i think that's an awesome detail like they did a great job with i don't agree with the direction they took emmerich's character because i think like if you're developing giant mechs maybe you should i don't know have one protect you at all times since yeah. you know that's your thing but at the same time it's like the reasoning he wanted to do the stuff he did was cool yeah and Emmerich's backstory and his history. Is, yeah. Is, is, is yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll divulge that a bit more because there, there is a bit to it. Um, but the actual also boss something fight. before that. Before. We, can you tell we're trying to avoid talking about it? <laughs> okay. We need to talk about the Cyborg Ninja boss fight, guys. The Cyborg Ninja boss fight. So we, we started playing, I don't know, like, like uh, 7.30. And uh, I was like, oh, we're going we're gonna to be done with this section of the game like in like 10 minutes because we got to the Cyborg Ninja boss fight. It didn't seem super hard. And I was like, I was like we're going to be done in like 10 minutes. What, what else are we going to play? It took us like two hours. I was like, yeah. just, the, just doing this. The boss Cyborg fight. Ninja fight was harder and in my experience felt more complicated than the Psycho Mantis fight. <laughs> what? Okay, right. What happened, guys? Talk to me. <laughs> okay, so first of all, as you alluded to, I did not use the walkthrough in the beginning of this. So I'm running around trying to shoot Cyborg Ninja and he keeps deflecting my bullets with his katana sword. And I'm like, what are we supposed to do? Eventually Kai did look it up and it's like, you're actually not supposed to use your weapon and you're supposed to go and punch him. And he'll be like, only a fool trusts his life with a weapon. Let's do hand-to-hand -hand combat. <laughs> yeah. And then he fights you hand-to-hand -hand and it's like, wild. Yep. This is a wild thing to say for someone who literally just killed like nine people with a sword. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is a bit, is a bit contradictory, yeah. Is is we're bad at listening? You know this, Ben. Is there anything that hints at the fact that you are not supposed to use a weapon? He does. I think he says that, like, oh, what does he say beforehand? Uh, oh, you you can't defeat me with a weapon like that. Yeah, and that's supposed to be your nod to you're not supposed to use a weapon, even though you do have multiple weapons. So it could have been like. Your SOCOM or your FAMAS, any of those? Can you imagine? Yeah, can you imagine if this was a Nikita missile based <laughs> boss fight? 
Um, but there is so there is a little nods of what he says. He talks about you know how you can't defeat him with a weapon like this, and he talks about how it will be just like old times. Um, but the major yeah. kind of theme of this game is that if you don't know what to do, call Campbell. Because okay. if you call Campbell, Campbell is the one who him or Naomi will tell you what you're meant to do. Campbell is the one that you're on in the Psychomantis boss fight that if you yeah. don't know what to do, you call him and eventually he's like, oh, do this. And it's the same thing with this, um, from what I remember. If you I did this from memory, but yeah. from what I remember, if you call Campbell, eventually Campbell is like, you know, maybe he keeps talking about you can't defeat him with a weapon like that. Maybe you should just use your hands. So, I mean, Cyborg Ninja does seem like an honorable man. Maybe he will like let <laughs> us like, seems like, like maybe, he'll, maybe he'll let man. us step out for a phone call. Like in he the lives his life by the ninja code. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. all know what that means. Like, can, I, can I phone a friend real quick? Also, I don't know how to be. I think I'm so used to like in-game aids uh, prompting me to activate them. Like I think in a lot of games, like like there's either like an intercom system like this, or or Navi, or you know whatever the version of that is, right. where it'll like beep at you, or there'll be some icon that comes up that lets you know you can use it. Mm-hmm. So it's I think it's that's part of the problem why I never go to it is that I kind of forget. Well, even they, like like that exists, and then there's we, nothing to prompt it. We referenced this the psychomantis fight. Like when you get into a situation, like you'll get a call from Campbell and Naomi, and they. they elude you to some of the yeah. the information and, and what's going on in that boss fight that doesn't happen with cyborg Ninja. no no so that's that's something to keep in mind going forward like if you don't know what to do no. campbell master miller or natasha like one of them will know what to do in that situation and i'm hoping no. that you've come across natasha yes okay well we we got her my name is uh, natasha frequ- yeah we got her frequency like right when we got into the nuclear warhead yeah facility. she's like stereotypical campbell, campbell and naomi stereotypical russian lady russian lady but very very up to date with um advanced military weapons and tactics and such again like you said before i mean this game is is can be very misogynistic at times but they're like smartest scientists i know these people are all women oh dude no natasha's a badass that's true true. (laughs) who else who else to hit on snake but a woman yeah like, um, be like, Ugh. no, no one's gonna be calling in. It's like I'm the secretary to the general. Like that's not gonna happen. She's <laughs> not gonna be calling. They have to be scientists. But right, yeah, right. so the the uh, I guess to kind of keep on track a little bit, the idea is that you <laughs> there's no there's no system here. <laughs> there's no system at all. But you the idea yeah. is that you punch um you punch cyborg ninja and then he his health goes down and he gets to a point where he turns invisible and he's like, come and find me snake. And he hides in the room and you have to find him. This is when I use the thermal goggles. Yeah. Because the thermal goggles will show you where he is and you just run up and you like punch him. And he's like, Ah." I would also like to note that you make the, the amount of time between punching him the first time and getting him to turn invisible sound very quick. (laughs) It's like, Oh, you punch him a couple of times. There's some flippy flips and you're fine. They took us. Well, it, it got to the point where so, I, I've been playing this and, you know, Kai started in the beginning and then handed it off to me. And then he's like, no, no, you just do this. Yeah. Where like, it seemed like you had it, time, days had passed and you had drifted <laughs> off. And I'm still, you're like, you're still doing this? You're like, I would have given up at this point. This is what you told me. Yeah. I, I, like, I tried this boss fight so many times. I we usually switch, switch deaths. And if I get to a point where I'm so frustrated, I can no longer play. I'm just like, you just do it. This, just, is, I'll just this is boggling for me. Because to me, this is like, the easiest boss fight in the entire game so 
so what happens is Cyborg Ninja essentially has like four phases he goes through. Yeah. In the very beginning, you're supposed to punch him with your your hands and <laughs> you do that yeah, whatever. <laughs> punch him with your face. Like I don't know what else you can punch. With. Um, and after that he goes into his second phase, which he gets rid of his weapon and it's just hand to hand combat. But he does what did you call him? Like acrobat giraffe or something? You like made <laughs> you made up another code name yeah, or something? Because you learn his code name after you, you beat him. That's, that's one of the things you learned, but we did not know, and we didn't look at the walkthroughs. So I was like, I was trying to base it because they all have powers, so I called him Acrobat Giraffe. Because he, like, <laughs> he dances around, he and he does, like, these, long like, legs. He does have long legs, and the hitboxes are wild, They're by the so way. so wild. It's like your entire, like, an inch-by-inch inch square around you is the hitbox, and he has long, flaily legs, so he's Acrobat Giraffe. Yeah, he does, and he does hit you hard. And this section, this section was the hardest for me. Like, after I passed this thing to the thermal thing, and then the part after that, like, it, I, I died in those parts, but I was able to, like, get a routine and get, like, a flow going. But it took me, I, I spent the longest time in just this section. I could not pass this second phase. Yeah, because he kind of goes from, like, it's, like, beginning phase to, like, acrobatic stage. Then he becomes hide-and-seek ninja. Um, and then he's, like, going around. And then he becomes which, BDSM ninja. Yeah, which is wild. Which, the, the hide-and-seek part... If you can find him quickly, which I, I did, it's easy. Like, it, it was easy enough to get past that part. Oh, yeah. My issue was afterwards. So, at the very end, his last phase, what he does is you'll go to punch him, and he'll kind of teleport. Mm -hmm. And he'll teleport away and try to hit you, and you're supposed to dodge it and then hit him. Mm -hmm. uh, at first, it's just one teleport, and then after you just health down a little farther, it, he'll, like, teleport a couple more times before he tries to punch you. Um, as you get his health down... When you finish his health, he does this like explosion, implosion, explosion yeah. electric field around him. But I didn't know that was going to happen. And I also had a sliver of health. So as I went to punch oh, him, I no. killed him. And I'm like, yes, I finally did it. But his explosion killed me. And I had to start the whole thing it, over again. It broke again. our spirit. This yeah. is probably our, our at least 15th time facing <laughs> off of him. And it was the first time we'd even gotten close. And no. it got his health all the way down. And we were like, yes. And I thought it was like this, the classic like celebratory, like the, the enemy explodes because he's a robot. And it's like, oh. And then it killed us. And we were like, wait, what? Well, it was, it was, what's weirder is because he, he doesn't die when he has no health. He has this like electric field around him. And I thought that was me meant he was dead, but the electric field killed me. Yeah. So the so, so so what you're referencing is the idea that um so throughout the end of the boss fight, you'll get to a certain point, and in between these different stages, we were talking about the the ninja will start saying stuff like "Oh, just like old times," and I remember that yeah. punch, and kind of you know hinting that he also like hit me harder or like give me that's pain what i was more. saying he about like, bdsm really, yeah. yeah he kind of yeah. he comes and comes into this film where he's like yeah. hurt me more and you're like what you are <laughs> but Dude, i don't know if i want to continue he kind of alludes to the idea that him and snake have this history that snake is unaware of yeah um and so what's happening when you're um what you were talking about is that you have now defeated him and his exoskeleton is essentially malfunctioning that is what's supposed to be happening um well it, mal it malfunctioned and killed so the idea is again you would never know this but the idea is that at this point while he's because while he's malfunctioning he's like having these like upright seizures as he's being like electrocuted yeah. by this exoskeleton and the idea is that you can now shoot him with your guns while he's malfunctioning right i, th I tossed grenades at him because i didn't want to even test getting close to him or that's even fair like yeah 
trying to miss. So I just tossed grenades at him as he was in this like little electric phase that he went through. There is also something you can do in a battle where um, you can use a chaff grenade. Oh, that's what I was using. I was using chaff grenades to stun him and then going up and hitting him and then just doing that until I ran out of chaff grenades and, there's, and then continuing as like normal. Yeah, there's a really, really cool little note, like little little fin here because when you throw the chaff grenade, there's like a little exclamation mark that comes up above his head where he's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh shit, that's a chaff grenade and he knows it's going to fuck him up a bit. Mm-hmm. I liked that you didn't have to like be near him like i can just toss a traffic grenade off to the distance and it just affects the entire area of the battlefield so it, you don't have to be close to cyborg ninja or even toss the grenades close to him for it to affect him yes yes um so i mean do you guys want to talk about the cutscene afterwards because i hate this boss fight this boss fight is so boring to me but it, <laughs> it is nice. it, like not being harmless <laughs> like come on you're running around punching yeah. a ninja who flips at you the actual boss yeah, fight right. itself isn't entertaining, but in terms yes. of what it does for the plot, it is absolutely mind blowing because there is a shit ton of information that gets dropped on. Well, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of unpack after this. Um, after you fight uh, Cyborg Ninja and he's screaming, he you face each other and he's like, "Do you remember me now?" After your you you traded blows, he's like, "What? I thought you died in." the area that i don't remember zanzibar <laughs> like, zanzibar jesus yeah. i thought you died at zanzibar and then he screams and runs out the room and you <laughs> get on a call with campbell and you realize that the You're cyborg like, ninja was great fox great fox and then she's and then and then you're like he was dead i know he died in zanzibar and then campbell's like yeah well, they took his body and then implanted him into it's a cyborg. Naomi, Naomi. She's a crazy one. Naomi, yeah. And I was like, what is happening right now? Um, I think this is where I was like, this is kind of getting interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's do, you want me to, do you want me to boil down the fin or did you understand yeah, yeah. it? Yeah, break it down first. Okay, so the idea is, um, this is what I was saying about the previous missions, because if you read the previous operations, it talks about how Grey Fox yeah. was Solid Snake's mentor. Mm-hmm. So Grey Fox was the elite top agent of foxhound he went to zanzibar to try and stop metal gear and overthrow big boss because that was like big boss's fortress that he had when he was trying to create this army without a nation um so gray fox goes doesn't get heard from solid snake goes in that's actually his first mission he goes there he destroys metal gear and then as he's about to leave Grey Fox is standing in front of him and it turns out Grey Fox has actually defected from Foxhound and is now working with Big Boss as like a mercenary. They have this big fight in the middle of a minefield. Grey Fox gets blown up by a mine. Snake leaves because the fortress is basically on self-destruct. And then the idea is that what happened is Foxhound went, got Grey Fox's body hooked him up to a bunch of medicines, gave him painkillers and stuff, and experimented on him to basically see how long they could keep him alive because he was such a good soldier. So it got to the point where the only way to keep him alive was to give him this exoskeleton um, and basically have him go out in the world. He actually escaped from the base that he stayed at um, and is basically now like his own person but he has no memory of who he he has some memory but no real memory um but he clearly remembers getting his ass kicked by snake yeah he he only he basically it's like he has this unfinished business with snake and the whole 
way that it seems to be will be that um you know basically he wants to finish whatever him and snake started in zanzibar so that's so that's why. gray fox's story and then you get into otacon's story because you call him Otacon because it's short for a Taku convention. Because Taku convention, of course, that it does. makes sense. Of course, it is. <laughs> um, so, in this cutscene, you learn that Hal Emmerich, who is the uh, engineer for Metal Gear Rex, he is a third generation engineer in the nuclear field. His great his grandfather was involved in the Manhattan Project. Um, however, his grandfather didn't know what was going to happen with the A-bomb. And his dad was born on the day that the A-bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. Um, his dad is which, a- is... which is kind of a stretch. Like, it's like... It's like the first the first one is like, our family's cursed by nuclear weapons. And it's like, okay, he helped develop the Manhattan Project. That's bad. Like, that's, you know, that's... And then, and then it's like... And then my father was born on the day it was dropped. And I was like, well, that's not really his choice. Like, <laughs> well, so <laughs> it, it, it gets... It's one of those things that you learn later on that um, how Emmerich's dad, like his actual dad, not only was he born on the day of the Hiroshima bomb, but his dad was actually involved in some of the other black label projects for Metal Gear. So his dad, his dad actually was involved in the very original Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. And then Hal Emmerich was involved with Metal Gear Rex. And I don't know what... He he says he had no idea of what the purpose of Metal Gear Rex was, which makes no sense because he, he designed it to be a walking tank. And he was like, oh yeah, we put missile launchers on the back, but it wasn't a weapon of war. Right. I mean, even if you didn't know that this was going to be like a nuclear warhead launcher or whatever, there's some pretty like high... Like he's like military grade like, weapons like, oh, on this. Gun on it and uh, <laughs> and a laser. Yeah. <laughs> his his thing that his that he said that it was for defense. There's a defensive well, purpose. What he what he said was that it was going to be used to stop nuclear weapons. Because right. people who launch nuclear weapons, you could use the railgun to shoot them before they like oh like, like a Star Wars yeah, Ronald like Reagan a, thing. But <laughs> wow, okay, just the 1980s and you know wrapped up together. But yeah, like that was I guess his understanding, but like. You're in a secret underground lab in Alaska, and you're developing a giant walking robot. Like, what do you think's going to happen? Also, you knew about the curse. Yeah, like, like you just learned. From you your, clearly your... knew that your grandfather helped the Manhattan Project. Your father was born on the day it was dropped, and that he also helped with like things. So, like maybe, you, like you should have insight on the fact that government projects are never going to end well. Maybe he should he should have steered away from building robots for the government. Or maybe he knew. Or well, maybe Emmerich is evil. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Everything's okay. a twist. The plot thickens. You did say it was going to get real twisty. Oh, yeah. Game. This is the beginning of the twist, man. This isn't even like... This isn't this even... Really started twisting. Oh, man. Um, and, and then we learned that Otaku-Khan uh, can turn invisible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, why didn't he do that Which, the entire time? Yeah, why, why wasn't that a thing before? Yeah, Guys. so the, the idea is that he is... Um, he's going to... He offers to help Snake destroy Rex. Um, and Snake's like, with an ankle like that, you'll just show me, you'll just slow me down because he's twisted his ankle and he can't walk properly. Yeah. So he says what he'll do is he'll use the stealth camo he has to hide and basically provide Snake with any information he needs about the base or Metal Gear Rex, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he becomes this like 
confidant that you can kind of call about the Metal Gear. And also delivers project. supplies, right? Yeah, like he brings supplies. He like, you, which brings is cool. ammo if you call him and rations. I don't know if he sure. actually does do that because I've never actually used it, but I'm going to test it on the next leg to see. Yeah, we need to test it because I also didn't test because you, you get his frequency too, which like you said, you can call. And he said like if you ever need rations or, or like, ammo, just yeah, give I know me where call. things are stored. Just give me a call and I'll bring them to you. And they're like, okay. Cool. Sure. Cool beans. Yeah. Sweet. And um, so you decide that you are going to call Meryl um, because Meryl is going to get you to the communications tower, which is where you need to get mm-hmm. to to get to the underground base where Rex is stored. Um, and so you call Meryl and she's like, yeah, don't worry. I'm good. And it turns out she's not good because the enemy yeah. soldiers have worked out she's a woman um, and they are What's now that, essentially... That, that, that tracking her down to, to fight her right but she also her codec was damaged in that process because now uh her codec is broken and we can't contact her yes yes because this is another weird misogynistic part because uh because hal emmerich is talking about her and he's yes. talking about how she has a cute butt and snake's like oh yeah i remember that she has a cute butt it's like uh <laughs> uh, and they kind of they, uh, Emmerich, they also say they that's the priming for the fact that you have to look at her ass to identify her as the soldier which i mean which we didn't do we didn't do and it's kind of we, we we stumbled through this next part and it just kind of happened uh emmerich also gives you the level four card which you can access different areas uh if you head back to the gas chamber area uh you now have access to the one door that was locked and in there there's some Nikita missile ammo, but there's also uh, night vision goggles mm-hmm. that you can grab. Yes. Don't know. We haven't used them yet? Nope. Um, we'll find out. I... But will come in handy. Sure they will at some point. Maybe. So uh, the idea is now you go back up to the first level basement and the idea is you need to find Meryl because um, she's in danger. And Otacon hints that there's one place that women can hide that men can't go to. Yeah. Um, Which again, this part we stumbled through because I didn't really know what to do or where to go. And I, I went into this room and I was going into the different areas. There is a level four room in this so, area. So to set the, set the scene, you come down in the elevator and there's a long hallway running horizontally with two bathrooms on either end of it. Mm-hmm. And then a door facing forward towards the elevator. And it's kind of like a, a giant square room with a bunch of offices around like the periphery of it. So like around the outside, there's like three or four doors on each side and each has a different like key card access and like you're and then there's a bunch of guys in the middle and you're trying to get into these different offices and some of the offices have items and some of them you can't even access because i believe one of them's like level five um and then as the guards walk by the doors will also open so you have to kind of like stay out of the doorways as they're Mm -hmm. walking by as you're getting things uh and you just run around we just ran around and went into the doors as frequently as possible but i didn't sure what to do yeah and i didn't realize because like it made the the sound effect like I got caught, but one of the guards ran out of that room yeah. towards the women's restroom. And oh, okay. in there, you realize that that guard was Meryl. Was Meryl? Okay, and you so were supposed to tell by her her booty. Yeah. yeah. So you, the the idea of what the game is is priming you to do is that you are supposed to go to this first level floor because that's where she tells you she was before she got seen. Right. Um. And you're supposed to basically look at the arse of each guard and Meryl will walk what they call like in a cute way. Basically she wiggles it... her butt right. as she's walking. The male guards 
don't wiggle their butt it moves but hers is like full-on like you know like a catwalk like people like yes, look, yeah. look there they like <laughs> put their foot over one another so that their butt wiggles it's that kind of yeah. thing um and then the idea is that you walk up to her get seen but like you said she doesn't start an alert she will just run to the female toilets and then snake chases after her and then that triggers the cutscene where her and snake have a heart to heart in the ladies toilets which this is it this is interesting because i mean throughout this entire game there is like obviously snake has misogynistic comments the women are always hitting on link but this is the first time like on link it, it, oh did i say link yes, yes you did <laughs> That would be a very interesting Legend of Zelda game. Wow, uh, Snake! Uh, but this is the first time that it was like it, it was like a mechanic. Uh, you had to look at the the butts of all the guards to find the female butt, uh, so you know that it was Meryl, and then it would prompt her to run through the. Uh, it's wild. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no explanation, no defense. For I, what it. can I say? I li- I literally I can't defend this. This is like. Uh... It's, it's it's almost inexcusable. There's no need for, there's no need for it. You know, in reality, it could have been uh, just especially because they both like. There were so many ways you can communicate yeah. that didn't involve like she could have just looked and like come here. These guards are oblivious anyway. We're always talking out loud on our codec. <laughs> they can't hear anything. I mean, she could have so... just been hiding in the women's toilets, and you made your way to the yeah. women's toilets and met her. Like well, there, can, there's like, so many other ways you could have gone about it. Yeah, when you first enter enter this first basement floor, you actually can't get into that room. Oh, yeah. It doesn't let you. It won't let you in. You can only go into the men's side. Yep. And there's a guard there, and I killed him multiple times. Oh, yeah, yeah. He drops drops good stuff, to be fair. He's just having a pee, and you, like, kill him, and you're like, oh, cool. (laughs) It's the worst Uh, way to die. (laughs) Then you, the boss door is kind of in between the two restrooms and the elevator. It's like a long hallway, and then a giant level five access door, and then uh, Meryl leads you to that access door, and she obviously has a level five card. Yeah. And that is where... I mean, the boss is located. Well, I was but just... the conversation beforehand is a little wild. Oh, there's a lot of yeah there's a lot. yeah. there's a lot of like Meryl's talking about how um, she became a soldier because she wanted to understand the person that her dad was because her dad was in the forces and her, I believe her dad right. died. And mm-hmm. so she's like, oh yeah, you know, my only way of understanding him as a person because he was never really around was to understand the world that he was in um also she, like she also points out that her tattoo isn't real yeah that yeah she which just, is wild <laughs> just an ink like a like a fake tattoo yeah i don't know why but like why not just make it a real tattoo like, also or why not have it like it was because it was like the the group right yeah that solid snake was in and she's like I put it on my arm but it, don't worry it's not real it's just a stick on or it's like drawn on and yeah. i'm like what <laughs> why is that necessary why why couldn't you just have an actual that doesn't make you look any more like hard like no one's gonna be like yeah you're a soldier like no although there is there is one nice little scene in that cutscene where she has a desert uh, desert eagle and um snake is basically saying to her like come on like you know to paraphrase he basically says you're a woman a woman shouldn't have a big gun take my small small yeah take my small sockum um and i'll take the desert eagle and she's like no i've been shooting this since i was nine like i know how to shoot this gun and he's like no you know you're a woman she's like look i'm fine i know how to shoot this gun i'm keeping it Um, well thank god she was wrong because we would have (laughs) died (laughs) 
as we get into the next part. And yeah, you find out that the reason you have the Sokum and not the Desert Eagle is because she took the Sokum from the armory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, but that was that was kind of nice to see. You, you have this her stand whole, up for herself. Yeah, you have this whole kind of cutscene after this like misogynistic way of finding her, and you have this cutscene of her being like this quote unquote vulnerable female soldier, you know, and it kind of and I, that sounds horrible to say, but that's not that's the way that the cutscene is done, you know. Yeah. It's like it, it's very much like you know, oh, she's a female soldier, and you know poor her and like kind of playing on the fact she's a woman and that like women are seemingly less capable of being soldiers for some reason i've well, met i've is... met some female soldiers they will kick your ass like don't yeah, <laughs> like exactly um it, it's also like that classic like they needed a way to justify the fact that she became a soldier so they gave her like daddy issues yeah because it's like like we don't need to know why snake became a soldier because it's so like oh men are soldiers like right but she had to have a reason but she had to have like a a call to action yeah it couldn't just be like oh i wanted to be a soldier like you know my dad was a soldier that was the thing i wanted to be it had to be like i had to i have to figure out who he was that's why i had to like go against the grain and become a soldier well even after all of this after that big talk and after her being like no i'm using this desert eagle it, going to the boss fight, she's completely useless. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, she needs to be rescued. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so the one thing to note is that instantly, as soon as you come out of the women's toilet, Meryl, Meryl says that the you can't take the big route around because it's blocked by a glacier, so you need to go through the commander's room and then basically make your way to the communications tower that way. So right. she says, I have a level 5 access card. I will take you. Um, and you exit the female toilets... And immediately there's this ominous classical music playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, well, that's weird. There's no guards here. Like the entire ambience of the it's floor empty. has changed. Um, mm-hmm. And so you make your way through the level five door. And then. Well, also, Meryl like, acts a little weird too. Like right before that, she. Something happens and she's like, oh, come into the, the room or something. Like, oh, her whole yeah. Yeah, so she, her whole like way of talking changes. She, you get to the commander room and she drops down to the floor and it's like, ah, my head, my head. And this is oh, this is why I love this boss fight so much. I'm sorry, I'm going to gush because this is my favorite boss fight of any game yeah. ever. Um, not only, so you're standing there and she's like pointing to the commander's room and she's like, this way, Mr. Foxhound, the commander's waiting for you. But not only does she say that, she says it, she says it as if she's breathing through a gas mask. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh my god! Okay, so the whole time she's <laughs> the whole time she's talking, she's like talking yeah. as if she's through a, breathing through a gas mask. Yeah. Um. You get into the commander's room. The door closes behind you, and you start to run around the room. And then this cutscene starts where Meryl is like, she pulls a gun out and she's like pointing the gun at Snake, and she's talking through this gas mask voice again and she's like you know don't you love me snake why don't you want me um it completely flips the that they were empowering her just seconds ago and now she's the woman that can't help herself besides yeah also if you hold triangle and go to first person you see through herself i'm so glad you did that we did because you said make sure to press triangle that's all you told us we did and i was like looking at it i was like why is this? Why are you looking at Snake? And I was like, oh, we're looking through Meryl. Like, we're yeah. looking through her viewpoint to us. Yeah, so you actually, cool. you're actually looking through the viewpoint of Psychomantis. Right. Because if you do it in the boss fight. So, oh, right. So, before we skip ahead, uh, Campbell calls you and is like, um, something's up with Meryl. Uh, don't shoot her. Maybe just knock her out. 
Um, so you and you proceed to just beat the shit out yeah. of him. <laughs> you just you, because before that, there's like this similar to the hallucination you had after the DARPA chief when you first met Meryl before you knew who she was. There's like right. this flash, and you see this leather-clad person floating with a gas mask on, who you later find out is Psychomantis. Mm-hmm. Um, and Campbell calls and is like, knock her out. So you knock her out, and then the boss fight begins after this little cutscene, which is like my favorite cutscene. But yeah, the- and, and this is and this is the only one of the few things that I knew about going into uh, this game was Psychomantis's character and kind of at least this beginning section of what he does, mm-hmm. he'll like, he'll come up and he'll say like, Oh, I'll read your mind. And he'll like, for us, he told us, Oh, like we're, you're pretty brave. You haven't saved in a long time. Like you must be pretty good at this, which is the opposite because we've <laughs> died a lot. Um, and he, he didn't comment on this, but I know that usually like he'll point out other games you've played on the system uh, and, and make comments towards those things. He shows off his true power, which is, is those things, which in 1998, for a kid at that point it was incredible it was probably terrifying well he also yeah so he so he kind of comments at first on how often you've saved how often you've died um and kind of says that you're like you know you're a meticulous person or you're you're a cautious or a coward and then he's like oh you still doubt me and i don't know it probably didn't work on a playstation classic but on the ps1 mm-hmm. when he's doing that did you see the scene where he's like pointing at the camera and shaking his hands yeah, I think that cause looking at the walkthrough here, it vibrates the controller. Yeah, he makes the controller rumble. Um, yeah. And then he, he also begins to, like, he reads the memory card and he'll make, like you said, he'll make comments on other games that may be saved to the memory card, kind of. Yeah. The, which, the idea it, being that he's trying to show his, his mind-reading power. Yeah, which, again, like I said, like, these things in theory are, like, really cool. Like, experiencing these things when they came out is, like, awesome, but, like, now, when you think of like I have something in your game pulling information from like the memory, it's like that's not impressive. Like <laughs> that happens all the time. Oh, you're stealing my data. Great. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, there, there's one. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I'm gushing because like when I when no, I experienced this, cool. I was like I was like nine years old, and exactly, yeah. I can see how it, it nine year old me would have lost my mind. Oh yeah. And I didn't I didn't actually know about because there's another mechanic that happens afterward, and I actually had the. You had told me about this, but I didn't remember when it actually happens and when you're supposed to do it. And we had to look it up of what yeah. to do next. So after he goes through that, the, the boss fight will kind of start. But then before that, a black screen will flash. and With Hideo. The old school, like, it, it's, it's supposed, supposed to be, to be video, video. Yeah, in the, in the corner of the screen, re- ref- uh, referencing, like, old TVs. But uh, you know Kojima. Yeah. He's not going to take that opportunity not to put his name in there. So. And what you're supposed to do, which we didn't know at first, is while that screen comes up, you have to take your controller port and plug it into the second player controller, which will allow you to actually damage Psychomantis. Because, because if you don't do that, to, uh... he'll be able to read your mind. Yeah. But the, the, the whole thought process is if it's in a different controller port, Psychomantis can't read your mind. So you can actually do damage to it. Which is incredible. No, yeah. That's that is so, so cool. cool. Even, even now, like as much as the whole reading the memory card thing doesn't land for me, this controller port thing and having it be like, oh, you can't read your mind because it's in a different port is, is awesome. Also yeah. something you can't do now because everything's yeah. wireless. Exactly. So it was, it was so specific to the time. Yeah, yeah. Like... this was like, this was the thing that at first I was like, oh man, I remember being a kid and I was like, oh, he's reading the memory card, he's making the controller vibrate, that's kind of cool. And I remember being really vexed because I was playing with the controller in the first port. I kept dying. I died like three or four times. 
and Campbell doesn't make this easy. You have to call Campbell like four or five times before he's like. I was gonna ask if there's like a hint. Sorry. Yeah, uh, there's nothing. It comes. It comes up if you die enough. So we died oh, okay. enough times, and, and then, then he'll call you. He'll, yeah, they'll call, and he'll say you have to put the controller in the second place port. So if if you do it enough times, it will prompt you to. Do oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I remember uh, being a kid and like just calling Campbell after dying and he was like oh try the second port because like you said the idea yeah. is he's reading the input from the controller port one um, so you change it to controller port two and there are other little uh, as I say there are other little tricks that you can do with this boss fight to make it easy because so the the whole boss fight itself like Psycho Mantis will be invisible mm-hmm. and then he will move around the room and he will appear and throw like a ball of energy at you <laughs> that hits you and does damage um, but then from time to time, he'll also pick objects up from around the room and he'll like pick furniture up and spin it around him to try and hit you. Chairs. <laughs> yeah, and he'll like pick paintings off the wall and busts and stuff. There is actually another way you can do this. Apparently, there are two busts in the corner. If you can destroy those two busts, it somehow stops him from reading your mind. Oh, interesting. Um, huh. So you don't have to Here. do the controller port. The controller port's just the, the, the more fun one. Oh yeah, um, really but you can use thermal goggles to see where he is, mm-hmm. and you can also use the triangle button to basically to try and work out because it will go through his eyes and you'll see Solid Snake, so you can try and work out where he is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's 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 what we did. We used the thermal goggles. I think every now every now yeah. and then, I think I held, held triangle, but I think that the thermal goggles just make it a lot easier to kind of. Oh play yeah, out definitely. This was not as hard as. No, like, yeah, like I said, like I, the mechanics were cool, but the boss fight itself, like, wasn't crazy as difficult as Cyborg Ninja. Um, but halfway through, once you get his health down to half, he'll wake up Meryl and force her to hold a gun at her head. Mm-hmm. And essentially, you have to stop her by by hitting you. Have to stop her from doing that. You knock her out again. But if you don't, and she dies, you have to start the boss fight over again because he failed the mission because she killed dead. herself. Yeah, so, yeah. that was also wild. That also kind of caught me off guard. We didn't lose that we were able to knock her yeah. out before she killed herself or before yeah, you have like a, a good couple seconds oh yeah i mean yeah. it gives you enough time oh, yeah, to yeah, walk yeah. up it gives her. you enough time yeah yeah um but yeah i mean i mean i'm curious so what did you actually think of the boss fight overall i think that it was i think it was welcomed just because of how frustrating the uh, yeah. the, <laughs> the cyber ninja fight was that this one being like not extremely easy but not as difficult and you know the mechanics i thought were interesting and it was just kind of like okay this is this is nice i can kind of like breathe going through this boss fight it's not super difficult i don't think we died at all doing that one no uh but the mechanics made it interesting and fun especially like i said the second controller port thing was just super cool it was super cool yeah i mean i'm 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 not even going to comment on this boss fight because this boss fight is just it is it's more of a nostalgia thing for me because when I played this boss fight, I was like, "Man, this is way too fucking. This is so much easier than I remember it being." Because, yeah, because I've played this game like fifteen times or something. It's probably the same as you had with Ocarina. I walked into the room right, and I was right. like, "Okay, I'm gonna knock out Meryl, and then I'm yep. gonna change the controller port to controller port two, which I actually had to plug a second controller in because I'm emulating." I was gonna ask it. you because I'm assuming you're like either using a wireless controller or have like it mapped or something like that. I didn't know how you were actually playing. Yeah, I had to I had to plug in a second controller and then use that second mm-hmm. controller as the as the controller port two and physically Does use that... the extra one. Yeah. 
so because I have a second PlayStation One controller, if I had one plugged in, would that work, or does it have to not have a controller in port one? No, I think I as long as the, the input is put through input two, um, through okay. controller port. As long two, as there's an input through two, it should be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so yeah, I mean, it, it it was easier than I remembered it because I was just like, right, cool, thermal goggles, okay, yeah. He he spins the chair, cool. I lay down on the floor so it doesn't hit me, like. But oh, good to know, I got hit by all those chairs. <laughs> Uh, they they do. I mean, it knocks you on your ass as well, which is like oh, yeah. annoying. But um, yeah, I just I love this boss fight. I love this boss fight so much. And I mean, you beat Psycho Mantis, and I think that the cutscene that precedes him, honestly, made me enjoy. Like I Psycho tear, Mantis tear in a, the eye. Psycho Mantis as a character himself. Yeah, like, yeah. The whole like backstory into his life and like you take off his mask and it's what he gets so so mean meryl he doesn't like when he actually shows his face it doesn't look that bad but meryl is immediately like shocked and like like, oh my god yeah his face is horrible and you're like oh poor psycho mantis you do feel bad for him um yeah yeah because the, the whole the the whole idea is that basically he was born uh with telekinetic and psychokinetic powers you know he can read minds he can move objects and he had like an abusive father and he ended up setting fire to the village that he grew up in and basically killed everybody yeah i think that he had an abusive father because he obviously can read his his father's mind because his yeah he knew his died giving birth to him yeah so he knew the hatred his father had for him yeah and it kind of I wouldn't say he's a psychopath. He's a sociopath, I guess, because he kind of yeah. he learned to. I mean, I. It sounds weird to say that I have a bit of respect for him, but he was like, I never wanted to go through with this revolution that the boss planned. I just wanted yeah. to kill people. Yeah, at that point, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, you're a shitty person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he he goes through this whole story, and you do kind of feel bad for him because I mean, no, I'm I, not going to go did. over everything, but like he led a shit life, and you know, it kind of took him down a path where he become a bad person. And... Even even at the end, like he without his gas mask on, he kind of implies that he can kind of everyone's thoughts kind of come in without his like yeah without him no wanting control, to, no control right, and then right. he's like I put my mask on i kind of want my last moments to be by myself yeah and then you put it he back also on says and that meryl is in love with us yeah, yeah which, which i guess you know of course of, <laughs> of course, course of course they had to throw that yeah like of course certainly not that anyone saw that coming but he's like oh meryl right. she has a, like you have a special place in her heart and stuff yeah and then like afterward after psycho mantis dies the cutscene continues and meryl's like asking snake a bunch of questions like what's your real name like who's your family? He's like I have no family. Yeah, he's like he pulls a Batman. But before that, Psycho Mantis moves the bookcase, yeah, which yes. is the, the doorway is... to the next area. Correct. And Psycho Mantis is like, "This is the first time I've ever used my powers to help anyone." And he's like, like "It feels, it feels good." He's <laughs> like, "What? Yeah." What? And then he dies. But even at that point, like and then I, he dies. Like you, like you said, I I felt bad for Psycho Mantis. I was he like, moved a bookcase. Let's not. He didn't. He didn't save the world. Well, no, he, he didn't kill anybody. He could have used that. Also, time to another kill another world. another uh, boss moving us in the direction of success. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. True. And what's like, what's interesting is that you learn small bits and pieces of his backstory in the Phantom Pain, because he is ooh. actually in the Phantom Pain as a child. Um. And you learn that he actually so, had storyline. This story, this this timeline is so. <laughs> this is some Zelda timelines. Time yeah, he. You learn that he actually has um, psycho. Uh, 
I can't remember what the term would be, but he he can create fire. Um, which is fire. which is which is why he pyrokinesis. Pyrokinesis. I'm pretty sure that's what they call it. Um, but yes, he he basically and he's in Metal Gear Solid Five as like this small child with a gas mask on, and he like sets See, fire is, to everything. Is, and this is what kind of prompted me after this this uh, leg to want to play these games because I kind of saw or heard that like some of these characters. I mean, you said like Revolver Ross a lot pops up in other Metal Gear games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like seeing these other characters in different games, I'm like, I kind of want to. The only one that I can't play is uh, what is oh, for is pa- Patriots Guns of the Patriots Guns of the Guns Patriot, of the Patriot? Yeah, yeah, which is only on PS3, so it's that's mm-hmm. the only one that I wouldn't be able to play. Yeah, I mean, it's not that great of a game anyway. So, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm not missing anything. <laughs> I I'm curious. Have you played all the Metal Gear games, Ben? Yeah, every single one. Like all of like the handheld ones too, like all. Of the uh, yeah, so I've PSP ones. I've not played any of the PSP ones because they mm. they're just not something. I mean, I didn't own a PSP at the time, so because right. um, you have, I believe Peace Walker made it onto the HD collection for the PS3. Yeah, but then you have uh-huh. like Metal Gear Acid, which is a weird trading card based game. <laughs> You basically there's always, there's always one of those in every good franchise. Even Legend of Zelda has Link's crossbow training, which is just like it's a it uses the Wii remote to shoot crossbows. And yeah, stuff like that. yeah, it's weird. Like you, it's not like you have like action cards, so you'll be traveling through, and then you'll be found by a soldier, and you'll use an action card. You'll be like, okay, I want to use an action card to attack the soldier. But if you haven't got an action card for that, you can't take them on. You might have to hide or do something else. Um, there's a there's a Kingdom Hearts game that's like that. It's like a kind of spin-off of the original Kingdom Hearts on Game Boy Advance, but you fight by collecting these cards and the cards are like your keyblade attack and your magic and stuff like that. And if you don't have any cards, just, then you can't. They attack. just released a game recently. They just like announced a game that was the same principle. Like you're running around and you use cards to to do actions within the game. We should watch the preview for it. But mm. so maybe it's a developer that's their like specialty. Yeah, might like be. Telltale, but card tale. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to see if I can get the the timeline for the main guy like the main games in the correct order. Yeah. I'm curious though. I, I want to play it. I'm, but I mean I it definitely it's if if you like lore heavy games, like yeah. Metal Gear has one of the deepest laws. I mean, unless you get into like the Dark Souls and Elder Scrolls kind of oh, territory. Gosh, that's, that's too much. So deep it's deep throat hey, hey, there it is we made it we made it back full circle uh but this this is pretty much the end i yeah. mean you talk to meryl a little bit and she tries to connect with you and you act like you're a similar to link set. he avoids any kind of he emotional, uh, kind of but emotional it's like it, it, it's strange because link like runs away from the situation and snake's just there like there's no like, there's no room for emotion on the battlefield <laughs> she's like she's like, oh, she's like okay. well what are you doing in your spare time and he's like Nothing. <laughs> I've, never done I've never done anything. Well, even like in one of the conversations with Campbell, uh, Campbell's like, Link's killed... God, <laughs> there's so much Zelda in my mind right now for some reason. Snake has killed so many people. He's like, don't yeah. worry, like you'll get there. Snake has killed a lot of people. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> God damn. There's a scoreboard, like a counter at like at the base, which is like big red numbers that just count every time he kills and someone. And they're, they're all like gambling on like... Yeah, they're like, like people it's going to be 215 by the end of this mission. And they're like, I'll take those odds. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, if you yeah. thought this leg was interesting, next leg... Is uh, is something different? 
Interesting. Next leg, we have three boss fights. We have three boss fights this time. Yeah, but we also have uh, a super boss fight. A, tooch- a torture scene. A torture scene? Yes. Is it, oh, a, is it like the one in, in 007 where they swing the rope onto his genitals? Oh, it's nowhere near as grotesque as that. Um, oh. Well, I was, whenever I think of uh, torture scene, it always brings me to GTA 5's torture scene that where it was like banned in australia because of that scene. oh yeah yeah no this this torture scene isn't terrible in terms of the visuals but it involves a lot of button mashing um oh. and actually can have an influence on the ending that you receive of the game so yeah, that's interesting. Not buttons Let's just not do it. Next, I refuse to torture. Next week, we we travel through the cave. Yeah, break it down for us. We travel through the cave. We take on Sniper Wolf. Um, we get tortured. We make our way to the communications tower. We then have a boss fight against the Hindy helicopter that we saw in the first episode. That flew away to fight planes. And then we have another Sniper Wolf boss fight. Bring sniper wolf. Sniper wolf. Sniper wolf. She uh she's a baddie. And uh baddie. acrobatic giraffe. <laughs> acrobatic giraffe. It's coming back, I believe. Huh? Have faith. Oh, maybe. Well that's that's it. Yeah. We did it. That's all for this week, you guys. Part two. Part two. Part two. Oh, the second part of the, I thought you said next time's part two. Like, I'm oh. so glad I wasn't wrong. <laughs> the episode and i'm like part two and you're like what are you talking about we've been recording metal gear for like Woo! six times part two thank yes, god second episode guys make sure to follow us on social media instagram and twitter at play along pod to stay up to everything we're doing pinterest yelp you can see our our our, our really uh, good uh we have a really good lasagna recipe linkedin up. you can find us on linkedin mm-hmm. and job. play along podcast uh, none of this is true except for jared jared Otaku. said he was gonna do a tiktok yes Yes, but my TikTok is only going to be about uh, Japanese anime. Uh, we'll be on Vine. <laughs> We're bring, they're bringing Vine back, actually. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be there. Um, okay, I'm ending this. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we Bye. will see you next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>